Sometimes it feels like the sun will never rise, like the birds will never sing again. Right, keep breathing. I'm telling you from the city of Los Angeles, city of angels, and the Big Apple in New York City. Welcome to all my listeners out there in Radio Land. I'm Dave, the caregiver's caregiver at caregiverdave.com, along with my lovely co-host Adrian Gruberberg at thecaregiverspace.org. And we're coming to you live and on demand, 24/7, on 21 global audio and video platforms, including iHeartRadio, iTunes, YouTube, Spreaker, SoundCloud, HealthyLife.net, Vimeo. Stitcher Radio, Blog Talk Radio, Mixcloud, Listen Notes, Blueberry, Player FM, Podcast.com, VIP Internet Radio, TuneIn.com, Facebook Live, Owl's Tale, U-Book, CastBox, and, of course, CaregiverDayDave.com. And we're proud to be voted number one caregiver podcast of the top 50 on Player FM, one of the top six best podcasts by Caring.com, as well as number three podcast out of thousands on Caregiver Podcasts of FeedSpot. And we have an exciting show planned for you today, don't we, Adrian? Yes, of course we do. Yes, we do. <laughs> but before I tell you about that, I just want to thank last week's guest, Jenny Shea, professor in uh, Sames Foundation, endowed chair in cell biology and director of the UTSA Brain Health Consortium. Very smart person. And just yep. a reminder, all of those, all of that and all of those interviews even the one we're doing today is available <laughs> to see on caregiverdave.com. And uh, let's get to today's guest, Elizabeth Trinkos. Am I saying that right, Elizabeth? Trinkus, yes. Trinkus, <laughs> almost guess. like trinkets. <laughs> and <laughs> she is a master team. life coach, founder, and president of Pinnacle View. She's helped thousands of clients worldwide over the past 25 years learn that self-care is paramount or living a fulfilled life. Yeah. She's a certified workshop leader of the Louise Hay Heal Your Life Principles. That sounds interesting. A certified yeah. success coach and trainer of the Canfield Success Principles and holds a degree in counseling. And with her new book, podcast show, her new book and her podcast show, Enough Already, <laughs> That's a good name. Yes, I like you it. are. <laughs> oh, oh, no way. I didn't say it right. Enough already. Yes, you are. There you go. Elizabeth shares real-life solutions for you to wake up to your most authentic self and uh, live with more joy, satisfaction, creativity, and inspiration. And we're going to talk about her and her new book and everything about that. And we're, we've kind of titled this show, Three Steps to Taking Better Care of Yourself especially during this terrible time we're living in. It's almost as bad as 9-11. Uh, you're in New York, Adrian. Would you say it's almost as bad as 9-11, or are we there yet? Oh, we're there. It's worse than 9-11. Yeah, 9 yeah. Um, uh, the stock the, market is worse the, than 9-11. The airlines are worse than 9-11. The empty shells are worse. There's a lot of worse. stuff that's, that's worse than 9-11, even in New York. Uh, yeah. The mindset, though, is totally different. We've all sort yeah. of pulled together, and uh, we're working 
you know, on keeping things as calm as possible, taking yeah. every precaution. But the mindset on on nine eleven just completely changed the whole world. Yeah, it's like the terrorist now is invisible. <laughs> Absolutely. And uh, yeah. you know, how, do, how do you get mad, mad at a virus? Now, some people say that people are getting mad at the Chinese. I don't see that. I mean, it could have started anywhere. And who knows where it started. It could have started in, in one of our labs somewhere. Some it secret started weapon. in a Chinese laboratory. Yeah, because, you I know, you. countries <laughs> just want that secret weapon the, the virus that nobody virus. has an antibody to so that we can threaten you instead right. of uh, uh, with a nuclear bomb and destroying all your cities, we can kill all the people and keep the cities. Mm -hmm. How sad. But you know what? Like, uh, what was her name? Petula Clark saying in the 60s, love child, what the world needs now is love, sweet love. Just isn't enough of it or something like that. Well, I thought that was Dionne Warwick. No, that was Petula Clark. Yeah, Petula Clark. I know my I'm songs. I'm going to look it up. You look it up. Maybe we should <laughs> place money, place a bet on this one. I see an opportunity to make five bucks or a lunch or something. Okay, lunch. Next time I'm in New York, we'll have lunch. <laughs> right. You pay, and if you're right, I pay. So that should be easy enough to fact check that. All right, enough yes, of that. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to mute myself for a minute. <laughs> She'll do anything for a free lunch. Okay, uh, welcome to the show, Elizabeth. Why don't you take a minute or two and introduce yourself? I like to say uh, to my guests who are on the show, just who is Elizabeth Trinket and why were you put on this earth? Oh, I like that, Dave. Um, I'm mm -hmm. Elizabeth Trinkus. I live... In Chapel Hill, <laughs> Chapel Hill, North Carolina, mm. and I was put on the earth to remind people of their true essence, that we're, we're not our limiting beliefs, that we are enough already, uh, and that we, already. we can truly <laughs> take care of ourselves. And I've been doing yeah. it for 25 years. My company is Pinnacle View, and um, I do it through retreats. I do one-on-one -on -one phone sessions all over, and um, and I host workshops. And I love doing these interviews. And just, you know, if I can share a tool that makes a difference to somebody else, um, I it, that brings me a lot of pleasure. And that's why I'm here and grateful to be here, Dave and Adrian. Oh, nice. And we're grateful to have you. So yeah, explain to us, since our, our audience are burned out caregivers, some brought fried to a crisp, <laughs> uh, what is your expertise in helping caregivers? Were you one at one time and still are? or what? I have that? been um, a care. It's not what I do full time, but I have been a caregiver. Um, I was helping my father when he was sick for a long time and transitioning. And um, I was helping an elderly friend for about 13 years um, mm -hmm. who had no children and helping, helping her. And, um, and I, I teach separately from that the idea that self-care is so important, every single one of us, and especially for, for caregivers, because caregivers are giving it all, and um, they're 
using so much of their energy and, of course, time. And um, it's so key that we, they uh, take take time for themselves and take care of themselves when it feels like there is no time. Mm. And and that's why that's why I'm here today. And I've got a, a few tips that can make a difference. Um, uh, they're, they're simple but powerful. Um, it's not that we haven't heard these tips, um, Dave and Adrian. It's that we, we all need reminders. Uh, we all yeah. need uh, routines, especially for caregivers, uh, a routine that, that has a, a window for them. Okay. And we are broadcasting uh, simulcast on Facebook Live. Were you able to share that, uh, Elizabeth, or didn't have a chance? It's not showing up as uh, an opportunity showing, to share. Is your, it showing up your, now? And does it say share? And you did like us, right? I liked you, of course. And okay. it doesn't show <laughs> to share. Well, you'll have an did. opportunity when it's over. It just won't be live then. Oh, uh, And okay. all of you Facebook people, you know, if you want to come on the call, I usually put in the phone number to dial. Let me see if I've got it really, really fast. The phone number to call to be part of our group. You should group put that group. on the screen all the time. I should. I should figure out how to you do that. You should have it on the screen all the time. That's what I did when I did uh, the Grim Tube. All right. You're in charge. <laughs> 408. <laughs> dial 408 area code 740-7256 and your meeting ID. And I know these are long numbers, so uh, hopefully you're writing it down. That's why we need it on the screen. 161-474-839. I'll do it one more time. 408-740-7256. And the meeting number is 161-474-839. All right. So um, who did you say you were caregiving? I'm sorry. You said you've done it on, on occasion, right? I have um, for quite a bit of time in the past. I'm not right now. Was it and, a relative? Uh, was it paid? Um, I care. I, I was helping take care of my father for um, okay. about a year. wasn't was I wasn't a paid caregiver. Um, what I found most helpful, looking back not during it, but looking back, the the idea of releasing control, because I wanted to fix it and I wanted to make it all better and I couldn't do that. And the idea of, of releasing what I couldn't control uh, when I could remember it was really helpful. And the idea of acceptance was helpful. And acceptance doesn't mean we like what's going on. It means mm. we accept mm -hmm. what's happening and it allows us to contain our energy, energy a little bit better. And I did that with my father and also um, an elderly friend who recently passed, uh, who didn't have kids. I was power of health attorney for her and in charge of all of her, um, of course, um, choices medically and um, mm -hmm. doctor's visits and everything. And um, and same thing, the idea of releasing what you can't control and um, the idea of acceptance and, um, and the idea of myself having support too. So talking to somebody is is so key because we can feel really really isolated when we're mm. when we're taking care when we are we when we are the caregiver 
And uh, it can be very isolating. And we can feel like there's no time also. So the idea of reaching out, which I had the practice of doing, but it took me a while to do, um, really, really made a difference. And um, and I can't emphasize enough the idea of going out and walking in nature. It uh, It's so simple. It doesn't have to be long, but just the idea of getting fresh air, being in nature, mm-hmm. it really, really... Um, it, it clears our head um, and it, it, it refuels us and caregivers yeah. need refueling. Yeah, like my battery just died right now because it was flashing yeah. at me before <laughs> I came on the show. 2%, 1%, Danger Will Robinson. <laughs> and I don't know why I didn't listen to it and now it's just dead. And I don't have a cord with me. I'll have to do it during the break. So uh, my question to you um, – Let's talk about some of the tips. So I understand from uh, reading some of your stuff that there are actually tools that a caregiver can use, like a you know a bunch of them in a in a tool kit in a tool belt to lower uh, things like guilt and uh, to take yes. time for you. Guilt is really bad. So yes. give us a whole toolbox kit of uh, of tip number one on the tools to lower your guilt and take time for you. Good. Well, guilt was going to be my number one. And when I host retreats and people take time out of their lives to take care of themselves, they often feel guilty uh, that they shouldn't have done that, that should, they should be with family members, etc. And we remind each other that just because we feel guilty doesn't mean we are. That guilt has been passed down. Undeserved guilt, yes. (laughs) Yes, yes. It's been passed down for generation after generation. It's not anyone's fault. It's just an old familiar pattern that's not working for people. And so the idea of recognizing the guilt when it shows up and reminding yourself that you're doing the right thing, what helps um, at my women's retreats, what helps them is, is for them to take it out of context and and would they think their best friend should feel guilty for taking this time for them, for self-care? And everyone immediately says no. Or I'll, I'll often ask them to, to think about the person sitting next to them who they've just met. Do you think they should feel guilty for being here now and taking this time to refuel and to recharge and to learn tools to really feel good in their life? And, of course, they're like, course you shouldn't feel guilty so it helps when we take it out of context and and not obey the guilt if we obey the guilt we'll find ourselves not going on retreats we'll find ourselves not taking care of ourselves we'll find ourselves putting in more time than we have for our for our own good if you will Mm -hmm. Um, because we're we're obeying the guilt and uh, and so it's something to really be looked at and you stop and look at it and examine it and remind yourself you're not guilty just like you would tell a friend and the more you do that the more you're going to feel it unfortunately it's not a flip of a switch we wish it was we wish the guilt would just snap and go away it's not going to but it gets smaller the only reason Mm. it's there so big is because we've fed it and the previous generations have so Mm. the idea of of 
just really reminding ourselves, you know what, I feel guilty, but I'm not. This is really important. And when when you take care of yourself, when a caregiver takes care of themselves, they come back and they've got so much more to offer and they've got so much more patience and so much more true, you know, the, the love coming from their heart, mm-hmm. the compassion that has them um, have this as a calling to begin with. Um, there's so much more of that. So, so it's it's really key to um, to really examine the guilt and to shift it. Uh, that would be number one. Um, the idea of taking care of yourself, talking to a friend, having other outlets is really, really important um, because other people are going to understand what you're going through, but you may feel really isolated, really, really isolated. So talking to other people who to hear you. I am a, a big advocate of having a tribe, having a tribe of friends that and you're there for each other and you support one another. And um, I, 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 it, I really believe highly in that. So that is another very helpful piece. And so often caregivers don't think they can have time for that. And if they make a little, it can be a little window, but if you make a, a, a window of time for yourself, again, you're going to get refueled, just like you talked about charging your phone. You know, we charge our phone every night, and we got to charge our beings, our souls, our spirits. Mm-hmm. Um, we take our car in regularly for a tune-up. Our souls need a tune-up on a regular basis, or we really, really experience burnout. And we forget that, and we're really good at pushing ourselves, pushing ourselves to the limit. So how might we stop, I, I call it SNL, not Saturday Night Live, but stop <laughs> <laughs> and notice and shift to love and compassion for yourself. It's a quick way to remember it, you know. Um, S, just stop, and the N, notice, and the L, shifting to love and compassion for yourself. And when we do, and we were not taught to do this, we're taught to give, 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 but when we do and shift to that compassion for ourselves, lowering the guilt meter and raising the compassion for self and taking a little bit of time for you, you have so much more to give. You have so much more from your heart to give, more creativity, more inspiration. You're, you can be more present with the person that you're you're caring for. Yeah, well, I so I so agree. Excuse me. Mm-hmm. This is a good ta- time to take a break. So we are going to be right back, and we'll enjoy my brand new book trailer. So don't go away. <laughs> Dave Nasani, the caregiver's caregiver has just released his sixth book entitled It's My Life Too, Thrive to Stay Alive as a Caregiver. It was specifically written for caregivers who know they should be putting their needs first, but just don't know how. Dave is the sole caregiver to his wife, Charlene, since 1996. He knows firsthand what caregivers are going through because he is one. He now speaks all across the country, offering caregivers his amazing caregiver support package. Even the airlines tell us that in the event of an emergency, to put your oxygen mask on first before you help your child with their mask. They know that those who don't heed their advice often black out, thus becoming unable to help either themselves or their child. And caregivers are exactly the same way. It's my life too. Thrive and stay alive as a caregiver will help caregivers who are neglecting their sleep, diet, and social life and learn to put their needs first Pick up your copy today or buy one for your special caregiver on sale everywhere and at caregiverdave.com. And we're back with Elizabeth 
Trinkus and Adrian Gruberg of the Caregiver Space. I'm Dave Nassani on the Caregiver Dave, Dave Show. And we're at caregiverdave.com, by the way. Elizabeth, um, I wanted to ask about uh, guilt. Let's go backwards to guilt a little bit. Um, Adrian knows about mothers who happen to be Jewish. <laughs> I have a mother who happened to be Middle Eastern, and they're they're kind of related. They're kind of in that sector of the world, and they really know how to dispense guilt all of their life, right? And I mean, there's even Jewish guilt jokes, right? And some of them are pretty funny. Yeah. <laughs> um, how do we determine whether this guilt that we're feeling? I like what you said. I'm going to steal that. If if you're feeling guilty, you may not be. <laughs> um, how do you know if the guilt that you're feeling is really deserved or undeserved? Uh, I mean, can you be unsure? Like you go tell someone, you know, I'm really feeling guilty about this because I'm doing this, and someone says that I shouldn't because of this, and, and I don't know. I mean, maybe they're right. Uh, what do you do about someone who's uh, wishy-washy like that and undecided? The quickest way is to take it out of context once again, because we are so clear for our friends. We, we're not feeling the, the guilt or the pressure. Uh, we, we have such clear advice for our friends. And so when one takes it out of context and you think of your best friend and should they feel guilty for, hey, it's my life too, uh, mm -hmm. I'm going to take time for me, uh, you, you know that it's a really good thing to do. You know they're probably feeling guilty because we've been taught it, not because we are, but because we've been taught it. And people it's just passed down and people don't know how not to teach it but we're learning how those that want to be more conscious and aware of what they're telling themselves we're, we're learning to notice and shift it's not about not feeling guilty i can't emphasize that enough it's not about not feeling the guilt of taking time for yourself it's about noticing and shifting and i talk a lot about shifting in my book enough already yes you are because there's the other epidemic is that somehow we're not enough that we don't think we're enough we're constantly comparing ourselves to others that and it's not about not ever not feeling enough not enough we we will feel not enough it's about how are we going to notice and shift to that place of enough shift from that place of guilt for taking time recharging our battery taking time to listen to what we need to um, to really noticing how much better we feel and how how much more we can give based on the time that we took so the what's helped more people than anything is the idea of taking it out of context and should your friend feel guilty for taking this time for them to retreat to recharge I like that. Yeah, that was nice. Um, so when you were um, caring for a friend, did you actually ever burn out yourself? And what were your symptoms if you did? Because most caregivers do burn out. I know you weren't. Uh, how long did you say you cared for your father again? Well, my father was just a year and a half, and it wasn't full time. So my mm -hmm. lessons from helping my father before he transitioned was really about 
letting go of the control of the situation. Um, I, I wanted to fix it. I'm a fixer. I love to make things better for people. Mm -hmm. Yep. Um, <laughs> I love it. I, you know, I just love it. I do it with my phone clients every single day. I find ways for them to shift their thinking, be kinder to themselves, feel better, feel lighter, less anxiety. And I wanted to do that for my dad and I couldn't. And that was my biggest lesson with him, that I couldn't fix it. I couldn't make it better for him. And it was the most personal experience I had of, you know, of course, a family member, uh, even more intense. So really learning that lesson the hard way that I couldn't fix it and make it better, but I could just be, I could just be with him. And. Um, was such a key piece also the idea of what was such a key piece? What, what was? acceptance acceptance um, cut out there. acceptance and again acceptance does not mean we like what's going on it often is a situation where we we do not like it we what wasn't happening but acceptance has us not resisting it so much because resistance can of can use so much of our energy too. And that's why caregivers are, can be burnt out also. So resistance is like trying to fix it, which I wanted to do was using a lot of my energy. And so shifting that when I could, the idea of acceptance, you know, this is how it is and it's, it's, it's how it's going to be. I don't like it, but acceptance allowed me to contain my energy more and not, not go to a place of um, trying to, it fight with it so much fight as is in the situation to make it different yeah. who is the For primary me, caregiver of your dad who was yeah i was wondering was if the they got burnt out and then adrian don't forget that question you're going to say mm. well funny funny that my my mother was and she was a nurse so mm. uh, i i come by but what it were her symptoms that of her burnout i'm assuming she experienced it be unusual she, if she, she didn't. did um and you, you know a, a lot of fatigue comes with it we know and um a lot of frustration comes with it and um the idea of talking to people was a great thing for her and talking to yeah. other friends and getting help that's Not another thing isolated. um if that's a po possible thing to do um reaching yeah. out and and getting support adrian yeah, now for me, the acceptance uh, came from knowing the serenity prayer and just oh, yeah. saying, you know, God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, but the wisdom to know the difference. And the time comes where you weigh, can I do anything about this? No, I don't think so. I better... Thanks. Accept it. <laughs> it's healthier. I love, I love so, it. And you do feel lighter. It doesn't mean you like what's going on, no. but there is there yeah. It's you often don't and you hate what's going on. But I like it. There is a there's a lightness that has a surrender that happens yeah. and that's a that's an amazing experience within us to, to be able to surrender it and um, have it not so much on our on our shoulders. Shoulder. My favorite exercise yep. in my book is the backpack exercise, the idea that we're all wearing an imaginary backpack and hmm. the stuff in there is uh, we can't control. 
Um, it may be all the people we're taking care of, um, what's happening in the world. And the idea that we can take the backpack off at any time, it may be difficult because we got we get really used to it. But the idea of, of wearing it doesn't mean we care more and that the backpack really can be next to us. And we know what it's like to take a backpack off and it lightens our load. And we're not the contents aren't real. They are. And they're still there. But I don't have to wear it to care. And I am can care a lot more and a lot at heart if the backpack isn't on and blocking mm -hmm. me. In fact, I, the exercise, um, if anybody wants, I do a guided visualization of the backpack. And if any of your listeners would want it, you can go to lizretreats.com and it's there. Um, and and it's, a one, it's my client, very favorite. I use it all the time. And it's just a wonderful exercise to regularly do to take the weight off your back. Again, like you said, Adrian, we're not pretending it's not happening. We're in acceptance, um, surrender, but you know, I don't have to carry it. And it, and that literally can make us lighter also, which makes a difference. Mm -hmm. So, um, you cared for, uh, your friend for 13 years. That wasn't part-time, was it? It was, and she was, I wasn't her Caregiver. She had no children, and she had asked me uh, many, many years, about 13 years before she died, um, mm. if I would be uh, her power of health attorney and mm. um, and to take care well, that's of. That's so important too. For, yeah. So, so I, I, it, it, it really is, and it's more than I thought it was going to be. I didn't know what oh. I was getting into. I don't. <laughs> it at all and I also don't want to compare it to anyone who is a full-time caregiver I really mm -hmm. I, I am not diminishing the importance and what I learned from that but I also have such compassion for full-time care um, I can say the lessons I learned from taking care of Mary but um, I really do have huge compassion for people who are full-time caregivers and it is harder to go for a walk in nature and it is harder to lower the guilt meter when mm -hmm. you want to take care of yourself yeah so let's talk about uh, walks through nature so uh, if if we're to assume that the first tip was um, you know uh, lower your guilt and yes. and uh, talk about nature how can nature help take care of ourselves nature is an incredible healer um, when we like we are one with nature and we forget it because we're these humans going really fast and we have all these things to do and people to take care of. And when we're in nature, it's it is our it's our natural state and we're breathing in fresh air and our head gets clear. And that's where I encourage my clients to do positive self-talk uh, and positive self-talk is our affirmations where you remind yourself that your best is enough as an example and most of my clients favorite affirmation my best is enough because we're if we have a lot on us we don't really feel like we're doing enough because there's always more to do so you don't really have that hey I got to check this off the box feeling which we all love mm -hmm. and so the idea of being in nature being in fresh air clearing your head remind yourself you know what my best is enough there's one of me and I'm going to do my very best here. 
again, it's refueling. It's what we're wanting when we are going, 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 when we're taking care of it. We want to refuel. It's an incredible, simple way to refuel and to recharge. And it gives us the opportunity to feel more grounded and get out of our head where I got to do this, I got to do more, I'm not doing enough, anxiety. Um, and it gets us grounded all the way to our feet. We're walking, we're feeling more grounded, we're feeling the earth beneath us. Uh, what we were afraid of before we walked out the door gets a little bit smaller when we're out in nature because we're more grounded and we're less focused on it because whatever we focus on grows, we know. And so the idea of, you know, taking a little break for ourselves and uh, getting grounded can really clear a lot of anxiety, can remind us that we are enough already and can be a really great, great yeah. shot in the arm. All right, enough already. Uh, <laughs> tell, us about your, tell us about your book and your podcast, Enough Already. <laughs> Uh, enough already. Yes, you are. Uh, it's a step-by-step -step guide to crushing the myth that you have to do one more thing in order to be enough. And we've we've been taught that we got to do more. Perfectionists, I think. Be more and perfection, and it really, um, it really shines a light on that we are perfectly imperfect, and we get to be. It's the audacity to be perfectly imperfect. And, and permission to be perfectly imperfect and make mistakes and fall back up again and not have all the answers. And it is really it's the ultimate self-care because you are, you are being kind to yourself. You are telling yourself that you're enough and you show up with more inspiration every day based on that than if I'm showing up and feeling not enough and I got to go out and try to prove myself one more time and one more day. It's a whole different, it's a really beautiful paradigm shift uh, that's helped so many. I wrote the book because I was doing lots of women's retreats and the women would come back and say, you know, the tools are really making a difference and you should put them in a book. I didn't have a dream of writing a book, one of the few people mm -hmm. out there. <laughs> but I did believe them. I, I, I really believed that, you know, I it, it is making a difference. Their heart is lighter. They're, they're taking better care of themselves. They're reminding themselves that, you know, they're not listening to the guilt as much and lowering that guilt button. And uh, they're really refueling and restoring their souls. They're hap the happiest women I know. Let's let's put it in a book. So yeah. I gathered all the tools and stories and wrote some of my story in there of growing up not feeling enough in every area of my life, being etc. And how and and my transformation in there and other clients' transformation filled with with good tools to again help us remember that we are already enough right here. And we can learn and grow from that place. And it's a whole different way to live. It's so much more graceful and joyful than feeling not enough and trying to prove or hide ourselves every day. Mm -hmm. Getting yeah, that well, feedback must make you, make you feel good. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. And it is a, a weekly podcast now. And I 
I interview uh, people every single week and ask them how there's two characters in the book, Doubting Dottie and Believing <laughs> Betty, and they live with all of us. So Doubting Dottie or Danny and Believing Betty or Bobby and the idea how we can shift from that doubting part of us to that believing part in us. And um, so I ask every person I interview on my show how do you shift, you know, from that doubting place mm-hmm. to the believing place within within you and what happens when you do? And I, I talk to all different kinds of people, as as mm-hmm. you all do. And, uh, and it's wonderful because listeners um, hear something different from each person that makes sense. And yeah. that's, that's what we're here doing. Yes. Mm. Well, that's good. Um, yeah, it's so important for caregivers to understand who they are really has nothing to do with what they do, right? Yes. Because care, right. Adrian has this group where after caregiving, you know, your caregiver's gone, and maybe you you are a whole bunch of things, but you've been consumed with what you've been doing, caregiving, and yes. now the person is gone, and your your whole identity is, like, lost. It's just, well, I've been caregiving. Am I a caregiver? Uh, no, I'm a bunch of other things. How do you separate who you are from what you do? Yes. Well, that's a, it's such a great point. I'm glad you're bringing that up because that is absolutely key. And it is the, the idea of, of really knowing oneself and getting to know oneself separate from what they do. And, um, I, how do you do that? How do you do that? Yeah. Great, great question. I work with caregivers. I work with moms whose kids go off to school and they're like, wow, who am I? I've been a, I've been right. a mom for 18 years. Emptiness syndrome. Yeah. yeah. And it's the idea of, of stopping, taking time for you. You'll feel guilty doing it. Do it anyway. Um, and finding out who you are and what do you like? And it's, it's simple steps, but they know what everybody else likes. They know what everyone else's favorite yeah. pizza is. They know they they know how everyone else likes their clothes folded, uh, and, and it's like, <laughs> who are you? It's the and runaway bride. Remember, she yeah. she didn't know what kind of eggs she liked because she always That's, liked right. the fiance's eggs, and so she just laid them out. Okay, there's ten different kinds. I'm going to eat every single one. I'm going to decide which eggs I like. <laughs> exactly. I think that Dave. I think it's time for a commercial. Thank you, Adrian. Well, why don't we take a break? Because Adrian said so. And we'll be right back. Don't go away. We are a community of caregivers that understands and supports you wherever you are in your journey. We are a place to connect with other caregivers, but more importantly, a place to get practical, actionable help. There are lots of ways for you to get support. First of all, you can download our welcome pack. This will get you started on your Thrive journey. Next, you can ask and get answers to your questions by posting them here in our private Facebook groups. You can also get live online support by attending one of our live weekly Connect webinars. You can get practical, actionable advice by listening to our weekly podcast. You can hear and read other stories about other caregivers' experiences. Plus, add your own in our weekly Share Your Story forum, posted every Tuesday in the Facebook group. You can access essential resources and download practical Thrive Solutions Packs, all of which are geared to help you thrive as a caregiver. You can get lifetime access to all of our resources. Again, we're here to support you and help you thrive. 
and to enjoy your life as a caregiver. And remember, this is a place to get hope, not just cope. Place to get hope, not just cope. We're back with Adrian Gruberg and uh, Dave Nassani. I'm Caregiver Dave <laughs> on the Caregiver Dave Show, and we're talking to... It's coming to me. Elizabeth Trinkus. <laughs> I, I looked at your little thing and it just says owner. <laughs> <laughs> and that I know I know what your name was, but that threw me off. He's an owner. Oh, when when uh, you're probably not as old as Adrian and I, um, but um, the words just uh, you know play chase in our mind yes. the word we want we're chasing it and it's right there we're you just, know it's there we're trying to grab it i get it i can relate completely <laughs> well we're in the final third of our uh show and i want to talk about uh, having someone to talk to moving energy know who you know that you're not alone uh, what is that all about? The idea of talking to people helps people uh, relate. It lets them um, know that they're not alone because it can be a, a, a lonely place um, to to just be care being a caregiver can be can be really lonely. And so I, again, I'm a huge fan of having a tribe, having a tribe of people that. Uh, know who you are, know what you're going through, you know what they're going through, and so and and you get to check in with each other. You get to gather regularly. It's just uh, I can't emphasize enough the idea of refueling our souls, recharging, because that's what helps us when we help others, and we're all in the business of helping others. But what if we're Here. timid, and what if you know we don't kind of socialize a lot and we just keep to ourselves and and you're an introvert and you wouldn't even even know where to find a tribe and the very thought of it just scares you to death talk to that person so i would encourage them to do more walks in nature because that's going to help clear their head and it's a it's an outcome of being talking with friends you know recharging feeling better walks in nature do that and the other thing is to read really positive books books that have positive messages that are uplifting um and 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 it's important what we read what we take in i do eat pray live retreats all over and and the eat is about yes food but it's also about what we're taking in taking in and so if we're giving 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 we need to refuel and if you don't want to go out and talk to people that's cool but refuel in nature or refuel in a positive book or refuel in a positive movie or refuel create a routine a ritual for yourself journal um pray meditate do, create a ritual for yourself that has you refuel because that's what the bottom line is that's what the tribe does and a lot of people like that but i i hear you some people that's not their thing and that's really fair um but there are other ways to refuel and to recharge and just knowing that that is absolutely key to um, feeling lighter and brighter uh, every day. Um, for me, for me uh, I, I am one of those introverted people. People really don't think I am, but I am. You never know. And, 
And when when it came to having a tribe, um, I I found a tribe. I went online, and people can do this because there were meetups. You know that that you find people that you have something in common with. Um, in some cases, there's an organization called Well Spouse, and it's they've got meetings all over the city. So if you're somebody taking care of your husband or were taking care of your husband, you they're in New Jersey, but they're a national organization. But what I did was I went online and found a support group, and this was a long time ago. This is what made me create the caregiver space. Um, I, I found like 12 women who, let's say eight people got online every week at exactly the same time with the same, same issues to discuss, and we all supported each other, and it was just the best. And I didn't have to leave the house. I didn't have to go make new friends. I didn't have to have an activity to go to, the gym or dance class or anything like that. Just found people online to talk to. Wonderful. Wonderful. It made sounds like it made such a difference for you. It did. It made a huge difference. And it gave me uh, the, the, um, the impetus to know what I was going to do after Steve was gone, because I knew mm -hmm. that my husband was dying. Yes. And I knew what I was going to do when the time came and I was ready. Wow. So. Wow. That is a beautiful example of just getting support and... Support. Um, yes. So now important. I want, so I'm trying to give it to other people. Uh, exactly. <laughs> With all these that's great. And you are. That's that's wonderful. So important. Thank you. Yeah. So everyone um, understands that there's things that we can control. There's things that we cannot control. Being a Christian, I always say, you know, um, I will take care of what's in my control. I will let God take care of what's in His control because, you know, just worrying about the future is like a down payment to, uh, uh, you know negative stuff that may never even happen. So why right. do it? So what is your secret for, um, you know, releasing what you cannot control and, and accepting what you can? Are there tools? So I'm going to go back to the SNL, and that helps so much, the not Saturday Night Live, but stop, notice, and shift to love. So if we stop and notice what we're telling ourselves, we can often be in the fearful future. And the future is, is often about anxiety. The past is often about regrets. But the present can be this very, very real, very pure thing that we can design in the moment. And so releasing what you control really helps when we're in the present moment. And also, and we mentioned this earlier, that the, the concept of acceptance is so helpful too. It doesn't mean we like what's going on. It often no. means it does. We, it, we yeah. It often means it's we do the not. Final stage of it, grief. Yeah, absolutely. And it's it's an opportunity to 
hey, I'm releasing, I can't fix this, I can't make it better, but I can be present and I can accept it. And it has me be more present. It has me in the present. It has me being more helpful. It has me being more in my heart instead of in my head. It has me be more mm. grounded. And mm -hmm. uh, it is a it is a type of surrender. Yeah, I call it the accepting the new normal. Yes. Mm -hmm. And now, so, now that we're in the midst of the coronavirus, <laughs> none of us... None of us know how long this is going to last. This could just be, this could be the beginning of Armageddon, whatever that is. It could but, be. You know, <laughs> um, I hope not. It could just go away. It could get worse. It could just stay with us for a long time. We don't know. And I can't imagine how a country can survive with businesses shut down and, and people being laid off and, and the stock market uh, crashing. So, uh, yeah, there's a lot of stress if we're thinking about the future. And so uh, what advice would you give to caregivers who their plate's already full? Now they've got all this other stuff about coronavirus to be concerned about in their job and the economy and, and you know, trying to find enough toilet paper uh, to right. wipe it's with and they deal. can't even find it on the shelves. It's a really, really big deal. Uh, remembering that what we focus on grows is really, really important. And if you're watching news all day, you're going to be a whole lot more fearful than if you get some news because you want to keep up, up with it. And then you're out in nature and you're breathing and you can come up with three things you're grateful for, as an example. So I'm not playing Attitude it down for gratitude. a second, but I am. It is. It is. And it's, I, again, I'm not playing it down, but I am saying you're so much more powerful than you give yourself credit for. Every thought holds a vibration and it's either fueling you, giving you energy or it's depleting your energy. And it is a big deal of what's happening and we get to be aware and, and take care of ourselves as best as we can. And we have the power and the opportunity to, again, be positive, shift to what is working in our lives, be open to the possibility that this is a, a temporary thing and it is going to shift as everything else has shifted in all of the world and all of all of the years. And, and, and we are going to move out of it. We don't know when, but it's it's what we focus on like like anything. And so it's really key if you want to contain your energy and to feel more positive to give yourself a break from the fear and anxiety of it, which is a, a shift, whether it's talking to somebody or, again, reading positive uh, books, being in nature, things that's going to shift you out of here and into your heart. It's really key right now, and it's really medicine right now. Get out of your head, uh, practice this mindfulness. We had a guest on yes. uh, a while back about that. Well, yes. I, can't, I can't believe how fast the hour has gone. Um, thank you so much for coming on the show. And if listeners are interested in finding out more about you, where can they go? Go to LizRetreats.com. L-I-Z. L-I-Z, Retreats.com. <laughs> And on there is information about my weekly podcast. You can sign up for mm -hmm. Enough Already, Yes You Are, and <laughs> uh, listen to our weekly podcasts. Uh, we have retreats uh, all over. Just a very important time for people to get away and recharge and refuel and learn tools that they'll use for their lives. And then I do one-on-one mm -hmm. -on -one phone sessions 
all over to help people move from that place of heaviness to more lightness, from anxiety to uh, more calm and grace. Um, awesome. Do you have an email yes. that you couldn't give out? Sure. It is et at pinnacleview.net. That's et at p-i-n-n-a-c-l-e v-i-e-w dot net and that's Thank on the you. website where, also where are you located i'm in chapel hill north carolina and my company Ooh. is pinnacle view a shift in perception will put you on top of the world that's wonderful <laughs> and uh, adrian um how do, can our listeners find out who you are and what you do i'm adrian at the caregiverspace.org um, and once you're on, well, when the site's the, the caregiverspace.org and all of the social media links are mm -hmm. on that page at the bottom of the page, of course, but they're there. Yeah, and they can go straight there by just going to Facebook, the caregiver space. That's right. Wonderful. And uh, again, a reminder that all our live shows become recorded pod and videocasts on our membership website, caregiverdave.com. And we have three free gifts for you at caregiverdave.com. Check it out at no obligation. All my listeners out there, Elizabeth, Adrian, thank you so much for helping make this show what it is. And with that, I wish you um, a good weekend. Stay safe out there. Wash your hands. And, Wash your uh, hands. <laughs> Wash your hands and try to find some toilet paper. Bye-bye. <laughs> <laughs>